Electricast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of MTP, we react to the news that Justin Fields will make his debut as the starter for the Chicago Bears this week versus the Cleveland Browns. We'll check in on Mac Jones' first few starts for the New England Patriots. We'll see if Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are going for the Peyton Manning-Marvin Harrison touchdown and receiving yards record. And we'll take a look at this week's power rankings. This is Missing the Point. Episode 88. Let's do it. It's really nice podcasting when, because I think there's, for me at least, I mean, this might make me very unprofessional. Tell me if you guys agree. But for me at least, there's the like, oh, okay, so this is what we're talking about. I didn't really pay attention to that. Let me go Google some stuff. And then there's the like, oh, I watched all these games. I have actual opinions about them. And those are way easier. Well, that's what I like about football season, because we're all paying attention. And we all have opinions on things. That's the thing. And also, like, there's so many basketball games going on. It's so, at, like at a different time. It's like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I like weirdly watched the Timberwolves the other day. And Rachel, I'll be like, mm, I didn't see that one. Do you see like the Suns? And I'll be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's just talk about the Celtics. <laughs> no, I was watching the Knicks. That's why I like episodes like this, too, when it's like you're a Bears fan. I'm a Patriots fan. So we at least can have like a different... that is an actual and actually an advantage in our podcast. that There's a variation of the fan base, but. It also makes us yell at each other all the time, which actually is kind of a good thing. I, I should have sent you this. Oh, I have to find it. This TikTok I saw earlier, it was this guy, and he said it's him sitting with himself in his truck, and he says, uh, hey, do you want to listen to guys talking to each other? And they turn on the radio, and it's just two. It's like three guys doing a podcast, but like in radio show format. And they're just like, hey, yeah, this is great talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, you're crazy, man. And it's just like, I was like, wow, is this our podcast simplified? Sorry, the revs just went up one nothing. You know, fake soccer. Oh, that's not a foul. It's real, it's real soccer. They're playing at Soldier Field, too. Oh, that's cool. Are they playing the Chicago Fires? They are playing the Chicago Fire. And at this point in the game, we would be yelling, piss on the fire in the fort. And it's really funny because they half attempt to paint over the football lines, but you can clearly see the Bears logo. Yeah, you know, I watched the I watched the Seahawks uh, stadium crew change over their stadium for a Sounders game. Yep, we like we got to Seattle and I tech scouted. It was cool tech scouting because it was like just us walking through the stadium. You know, like no fans, like just walking through the back and. We're standing on the field and it's the football field. And I was like, I thought you guys had a Sounders game tonight. Cause I was like, you know, dealing with all of them logistically for like when we we're going to get it. We had to get the field at the right time painted, you know, all this shit. So he was like, yeah, yeah, we do. I was like, how fast do you change it over? He's like, you want to stick around and see? And it was like crazy. Like if the grounds crew comes out, it's like a formula one team changing a tire, you know, like I was like, these guys, have, and then like, they're, but they're changing everything. You don't even like, you're watching it. You're like, Oh yeah, they have to change like the banners up there. They have to change this over here, and there, there's tons of them running around doing it in like record time. So it's like, yeah, we get the football is the primary thing, but like it's actually pretty impressive that they're able to roll it over. Not even as cool as when they put the basketball courts on the ice. I think that's the coolest thing ever. That's like the greatest human invention. Like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, I know how they do it, but it's like it's just cool that somebody was like, it's cool. We'll just put some somebody somewhere 
had to be like, we'll just put some fucking wood over it and play basketball. It's fine. Somebody had to say that at some point for this to become for that to become an idea. You know, Dave, were you around when the stories of the old garden when the ice would sweat through the wood? <laughs> the old garden it's become did the old gardens become more myth than uh, reality at this point? Oh, absolutely. You know, you're getting old when like this story start to evolve into myth. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. I remember driving by there in like 1996 and like the walls of the old garden were open because they hadn't fully demolished it yet. And it was like such a surreal experience. I just love that they like made the TD Garden new. But because it's in the city of Boston, any exit will take you potentially to Narnia when you're leaving Celtics. Because like you're not it's not like like, listen, obviously I'm like, this is like the worst thing to say on a Boston sports podcast, but like, obviously I'm ride or die for like all of our home stadiums, but I like, I'll like walk out of the Staples center and I'll be like, Oh, I know exactly where I am. <laughs> and it's like, what is it? Is this even a real basketball arena? Like, why am I not immediately lost? This, this doesn't make any sense. Defending uh, the Boston sports arenas because Fenway can be similar. Fenway is great though, because you can actually just leave a Fenway like or a Red Sox game and, and the, being lost is more fun for whatever reason. You just kind of walk with the crowd and everyone's just kind of like being a baseball crowd as opposed to like leaving a basketball game where you're like worried that the guys in the Miami Heat jerseys like might fight you outside because you were like yelling at them <laughs> like so yeah sorry you're you're saying it's, it's been it's been a while since I've yelled at somebody in a Miami Heat jersey. I think it's when you have yeah that's those are my memories so just going to the like 08 to 2012 like Celtics games before I moved as a as a young lad as a young as a young buck uh just just caught up in mob mentality and like (laughs) riding for a bunch of millionaires that have no idea who I am anyway go pull down the whole glass house now Dave not now not on a podcast do you remember the podcast episode where Dave realized that watching sports was a was a was a lie, a fabrication, and quit? <laughs> it's like an episode of network. It's like that movie Network. It's all a farce. Well, Vegas is the same way. If you've ever been to Vegas, you can literally walk out of any exit in any casino, and you could potentially end up at like McLaren Airport, or you could be in North Vegas, or you could end up at the Hoover Dam. You don't know. Vegas is fucking. Vegas is a fucking weird place, man. It's so great. It reminds me what like I I had never been there like obviously as a younger person, but it reminds me when you get to Vegas, it's like that episode of Chappelle's show where he's like walking through the internet, and like the internet is a mall. Do you remember this one? Yeah. <laughs> They're like debt consolidation, gambling, <laughs> and it's just like you can go get into such and like as a person of like what, what I, you know the kind of um, I guess you'd call them like temperaments of my twenties. I went to Vegas a couple of times after moving to LA and got myself in like all sorts of trouble. That place is like, it can be pretty dark. <laughs> like we're really fucking dark. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, so many things can, but Vegas is very like light and cheery on the surface. They're basically, their tagline is basically like, you can fuck someone other than your wife here and we won't tell anyone. <laughs> and they just got away with that for you. <laughs> We won't tell anyone if you shoot on your wife. They should just say that. Like, it's a literal time. Just, like, have that be the 2021 slogan. We, we, when the last time we were there in the summer of 2019, besides experiencing an earthquake, which was really cool. Yeah, it's cool until you die. Well, yeah, until you die. But this one was really, it was like a fun touristy earthquake, like just a little shake. It was like, wow, this is really fun. Let's take pictures of each yeah, other. Try having everything you own on that piece of land. It's a different, it's a different feeling. <laughs> this was also the one that happened uh, between LA and Vegas. So you felt it too. Uh, it was in July of 2019. And you're like, yeah, probably. We have them every other day. But then uh, we walked home from a bar. We walked from uh, Treasure Island back to Excalibur at 2.30 in the morning. And the uh, ladies of the night stalk you. Whores. Yeah, the ladies of the night, yes. Sex work, man. Crew fucking legalize it. Yeah, no, sure. Sex work is fine. I'm very liberal about that. (laughs) Whether it's in uh, Vegas or elsewhere, sex work is fine. I I agree. I think it, it is weird living in Los Angeles because you do feel like you're living like on top of the realm of a dragon sometimes when the earth moves beneath you. And you're like, oh, why did I put everything I own here? But uh, I can see it being like a fun little shake in Vegas. 
Yeah, that one was kind of fun. I, I heard a rumor that the first thing we were going to talk about is going to be Justin Fields, which I'm very ready to do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it was the my uh, other experience in Vegas. We had this very nice uh, dealer at the Pi Gow table at the D in North Vegas. The name of the casino is the D. And it's it was great because but at six o'clock, they bring out all the scantily clad women who screw you out of all your money. Uh, but the Asian dealer we had prior to 6 p.m. was a wonderful lady, and we won lots of money with her. She had three thumbs. It was very interesting. Like, she had two on one hand. It was like three thumbs in the sense that, like, that's like her cool, uh, kitschy Vegas nickname, like Three Thumb Mary. Yeah, right. Three thumbs <laughs> in the sense that there was a third. Going to the saloon to see Three Thumb Mary. Thumb growing from her body. <laughs> You know, I could actually see that being quite handy in dealing cards. Yeah, it, it no was pun intended. It adds uh, extra service area. Welcome into Missing the Point. I'm Joe Malkin. He's DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, uh, Craig D'Alessandro with us as always. Craig, I don't know if you saw the joke that I put in the rundown, but I called you our production assistant. You did. You did notice. Okay, uh, good. I was once a production assistant proudly for many years. Once, once I thought it was I thought it was important to get paid as little money for as much work as possible. I thought that was in some way building character, but instead it just gave me plantar fasciitis. But that's what they tell you in business, right? They tell you that you have to start from the bottom. Like you got to be the ball boy before you can be the head coach. Don't trip on the fact that I'm perpetuating the fucking the, the horrors onto the younger generation. I'm like, yeah, no, no, you're getting experience. Come on over. Because <laughs> they made me worry about the bottom line now. I get it. <laughs> And uh, and your fiance is even uh, higher up than you, so I'm sure she's uh, you know she's doing it even more. But uh, adjacent, she's adjacent to me. <laughs> we, we we do different things. Dave, it's, it's 2021. It's okay for your wife to be higher on the totem. God oh, damn it! Why do you have to make more money than me? Ah, this is why you make me yell at you. Stop emasculating me in front of my friend. <laughs> Isn't she? Isn't she about to make you dinner for the end of this podcast? No, we're ordering dinner. Tonight. Oh, nice! I also do my fair share of cooking. I feel like it almost—it always comes up when when she's cooking because she cooks when I'm trying to record a podcast because she supports our enterprise. You know, she's outstanding. She is one of our one of our biggest supporters, also in our fantasy league. Yeah, she beat me week one. Yeah, she smoked me week one. So she's she's two and zero. Oh. And that's a problem, unlike her Steelers. So let's start off with Justin Fields finally getting the nod as the Bears starting quarterback since Dave is a Bears fan. And this is something that we have all been yelling at our TV and phone and computer screens about for two weeks. Because, Dave, during that Sunday night football game uh, when they took on the Rams and just watching Andy Dalton play football was a problem and watching the – Uh, Play calling by Matt Nagy and the Bears coaching staff was a problem. Uh, I'm sure today was a happy day for you as he was finally named the starter. What are your thoughts on your Bears? I mean, yeah, it's like breaking news. Local idiot starts correct quarterback. (laughs) It's like, it's just like, well, yeah, obviously this is what everybody's wanted. Like, even if Dalton came in and, and was playing lights out, like, I, I still think people would be like, I don't care. Like, it's not going to last. Like, we just want to see Justin Fields. And I think I was sort of, I was starting to think like, you know, what's, I kept trying to think like, what's Nag, what's Nagy's like approach here, you know, like, cause I know it's selfish. I know it's in some way, try him trying to protect his job, which is fine. But like, why is he starting any doll? And like, where, where comes the breaking point? And the, basically the worst thing that could have happened happened for the first part of, uh, last week's game, which was he was like playing pretty well, like he was playing pretty much well enough to like win them the game. It was like looking that way. The defense is also playing great, so it was looking like we're gonna win. So that justifies the uh, justifies the thinking, right? But still, as a fan, unfortunately, you just want to see your new guy. You know, you want to see your shiny new toy go and and drive around the racetrack. And I just think, I I just think when he finally did come out, it was the kind of the best case scenario in like a devil's brokerage between the fans and Matt Nagy, where it was like, all right, well, Dalton got hurt. So it wasn't a tactical choice. It wasn't like any type of Matt Nagy trying to do magic and like trying to groom Justin Fields into being, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes because he was in Kansas City and all these dumb storylines. The best thing that could have happened, not to wish injury on the man, is that Dalton picked up an injury. and Now Justin Fields gets to play a whole game of football for the Chicago Bears. The fans are going to be happy about it. Nagy doesn't have a choice. 
Now you have an interesting situation present itself because you never really think about injuries, right? You never really like put injuries into your mind because it's like you're not trying to be a dick until they happen. Right? Until they happen, and now you have an interesting scenario because now you have a Justin Fields. His first opportunity came very early for him to prove that he should be the Bears' starting quarterback because every single person is saying he should. Everybody, no one isn't. Everyone's saying it. Yeah, we've all said it. He didn't have a great stat line outing against the Bengals. I agree. I think there was a lot of promise there. I do have a problem more so. There's it, it, Matt Nagy's had a lot more time to piss me off than Justin Fields has, and I think that's probably true of a lot of Bears fans. But Nagy's play calling sometimes is so ridiculously boneheaded, and it, it's it, he calls plays a little negatively, a little bit more negatively than like I think we thought he was going to as a guy coming from like the most electric offense you've ever seen on a football field, right? So he's a little conservative now. Is that because he hasn't trusted his quarterbacks? I don't know. But I hope not because he should have trusted Mitch Trubisky at some point because he was supposed to be his guy, right? I just think he's a conservative play caller. I think he tries to cover gaps in a really obvious way. And I think that my, my best hope is that he'll draw up plays for Justin Fields that complement the kid's skill set and give him a chance to win games. Just give him a chance to win games because if he loses a game, but like he gave it everything he got the fan base will still be behind you you know what i mean just let the kid go out in his shield you know it, it doesn't matter to us we know we're not winning a super bowl this year i want to just put on good shows with like our awesome young qb and get excited for the future you know what i mean i'm not asking him to come in here and win us a super bowl so why waste any more time you know well the decision was made for him and now we got now we got Justin Fields starting with, yeah, it's fucking great news. <laughs> so Andy Dalton plays into that conservative play calling much more than Justin Fields does. But this conversation was the exact same conversation Patriots fans were having in the preseason, just flip-flopped in terms of play calling and, and quarterback style. Because Justin Fields probably had a questionable stat line this week because the offense was against the Bengals for the Bears was structured around Andy Dalton's play style and Justin Fields can't do that. If he starts a game is a different thing. Hopefully he brought us up some plays. He's, he announced that he was going to be the starter on Wednesday. So you'd have to think they probably knew by like Monday morning that Andy Dalton probably wasn't going to be good right. to go. Right. Give it another day. All right. We'll tell people on Wednesday, it's going to be Justin Fields. They know they're, they're managing the media. They know what they're doing. So I, I there's no excuse now. Like you should have some plays run up for this guy. You need a whole playbook, a whole game's worth of offensive plays ran up. Right. So, yeah. So like Nagy's off the hook for the last game. Justin Fields is off the hook for the last game. He won it because it was the Bengals. The Browns are better, but they've also given up a shitload of passing yards. So I know they play Kansas city. So that's part of it, but you know, that's a defense on its heels in, in that, in that sense, in some sense. So if Justin Fields starts, comes out, starts to make plays, that becomes the story. The story brings with it the momentum, and hopefully he wins his first NFL football game for the Chicago Bears as the starting QB. I'm glad it's the Browns because it's the fucking Browns. I know they're better than they used to be, but, like, yeah, let it be the Browns because then he can be like, the Browns are good. The Browns are good. We beat the Browns. But they're not really, you know, like deep down in their souls. They're above average, but they're not as good as people say they are. And that's the thing about the Bears is I, I just don't understand where you mentioned Nagy and him uh, potentially – trying to do everything to keep his job, but it doesn't make sense as to why starting the veteran quarterback who in Andy Dalton, I mean, we all know who Andy Dalton is. So why is that the play over starting your franchise and being like, Hey man, like I'm starting the rookie quarterback that we, like, why do you trade up to 11 to get this kid and then not start on the first two weeks of the season? I think the logic, I think the logic comes from the idea that Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Yeah. I was behind Alex Smith. It's, it's sort of a similar, you know, profile. Yeah, sure. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. And, and I think, you know, the, the logic's there, but he came out with this kind of boilerplate media line where he was like, Andy Dalton, you know, like we were saying this in the commentary at the start of the game. Yeah. Andy Dalton gives us the best chance to win football games right now. And yes, Justin Fields is the future, blah, but he fuckity blah, right? It's like, I, it doesn't matter if we win football games. No, it doesn't. But Andy Dalton isn't Brett Favre and Andy Dalton isn't Alex Smith. And so that, that's what doesn't make sense to me is I get that, but 
It doesn't matter if we win football games or not, if Justin Fields is the quarterback. So take the pressure off yourself and off of him because we're going to give him all the slack in the world. So that's how we feel about Mac Jones. Yeah, exactly. If we're losing games with Andy Dalton as our quarterback, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, that's the tough part. Cause I, it was looking like we were going to beat the Bengals is the thing. And I'm like, it, it's almost bittersweet. Cause I'm like, that doesn't prove anything. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't let you know who you are. Now, on the other hand, the bears as a franchise identity wise, much like the Ravens, I think that are the two teams that are obviously franchise historically tied to the idea of their defense is dominant and their offense is passable, you know, serviceable because their defense is what wins them games. Right. So I think you saw a little bit of that. I think that the way that the Bears defense is constructed this year is better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think there's a lot of very smart people on their defense. And I think that the big thing for me is uh, there's a lot of accountability on the defense now. So when mistakes are made, I can see players holding themselves, each other, and the coaches holding them accountable for the things that they fucked up. I saw that after week one against the Rams. That's something that's been missing from that defense for a few years because the the idea of a Bears defense, the idea of going up a Bear, against a Bears defense is something you should keep instilled in the DNA of the club. Your teams should be scared to come and play against the Bears defense. They should, you know, people should play in fantasy football, should be like, oh, he's playing the Bears though. Like that is a thing, you know, like that should be our identity. So I'm not trying to go away from that. But the reality is in today's football, you need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And that's what we're all in, in this business for, you know? So Justin Fields to me, he's like, he's got the stuff. So I want to see it. I just want to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's got mistakes in him, cool. Like he threw that pick against the Bengals. That's fine. I, like the, the kind of mistake it was, was such a like, oh my God, it's like a rookie QB mistake. But he needs volume to show what he's good at too. You know, he's not throwing the ball enough. Get in there, run some plays for him, like you said. And I, I think I think America's excited to see Justin Fields this is the thing. I don't think this is a Chicago, this isn't a Chicago-centric idea. I think everybody wants to see if Justin Fields is good or not. I think I think that's a narrative the whole football world should be interested in, which I love having that spotlight on on Chicago. You know, you can have broad shoulders as a, a historically great franchise. And and there's a f- there's a few reasons why everybody wants him to wants to see him and wants him to succeed because he's fucking lightning. <laughs> That's what it is. He's a really good athlete. He's a very good football player. But you know, there's some people that want to see how he does because Ohio State quarterbacks historically are not good. Let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. You get that like this is the first time. <laughs> That like as a Bears fan, I'm like, I'm going to have like a highlight real QB. Like that's what he could potentially be, right? He could just make be just making sick plays, you know. I want that sooner rather than later. Why won't you give that to me, Matt Nagy? Like why do circumstances have to force you? Why do I have to beg you? He's trying to save his job. And right now to, to ownership of the Chicago Bears, to the GM of the Chicago Bears, to the fans of the Chicago Bears, He's expected to win when he just got a, a lifeline. But he just got a lifeline. Like he doesn't need to. He could go. He, they're already one and one, so he he can't go zero and seventeen. But he could go zero and seventeen with Justin Fields as the quarterback. And as long as they're competitive, I I believe that Matt Nagy would be safe because of the play of the defense, which has been outstanding, including Roquan Smith pick six this past weekend, which that run back was outstanding for a guy that big, and. And I just feel like while I agree with you about Matt Nagy, his play calling is suspect. It's sometimes it's ridiculous. I think he overthinks it is all. Oh yeah. Oh, he absolutely overthinks it. But also it's just like, he might not have been wrong though, because the way I see it now, (laughs) the first two weeks I was going Andy fucking Dalton, Andy fucking Dalton. Now I'm going to be going Matt fucking Nagy, Matt fucking Nagy. Cause I'm not blaming Justin Fields for shit. Well, no, there's no reason to. There's no There's no reason to. You blame everybody else but. I think that's what he knew, though. He knew, and I, that's actually very prescient of him. He knew that what all of us psychopaths were going to be like, ah, the longer I can keep Dalton in there, the more everyone's going to, he's going to lightning rod a little bit away the hate of us getting, you know, our offense looking horrific because everyone's going to be like Dalton, Dalton, Dalton. To a certain extent, they'll say naggy, 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 but they're, you know, mostly going to say Dalton, Dalton, Dalton. I, I just want you to know you you sound a lot like the the Patriots fans that you called us when uh, when we were selling ourselves on Cam Newton and selling ourselves on Mac Jones. It's kind of the same excitement and tone that you have right now. So, but you, you own, the biggest difference being though is that Justin Fields is 
better. <laughs> I hope. I think. Absolutely. I, I do too. And and I, I think he might be. But, you know, that's another thing that people love about this season is that, you know, they get to see Justin Fields. There's a big turnover coming in the in quarterbacks in the NFL and we don't see it very often especially in this era we've seen so many quarterbacks that have hung around forever I mean Aaron Rodgers has been in uh, with the Packers since 2005 Tom Brady's been in the league Brady is 107 years old he's 107 years old (laughs) I mean you you know Philip Rivers just retired you know Carson Wentz is an, an elder statesman but he's even been around for a while you have Jared Goff who's been around for a while you have Matt Stafford, who's entering into the same realm as uh, Aaron Rodgers. That fucking guy's reborn, huh? Yeah, he is. And I, well, you and I said that was going to happen. I think a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people were seeing like, let's see what Matt Stafford could do. Not in the worst franchise. In when you put him with a head coach that's younger than him and give him weapons like he has. But it's just it's. And then not only that, you have those elder statesmen, those older quarterbacks. But now you have guys like Jones, Fields, uh, Wilson. You know, uh, Mills Trevor, is going to start Lawrence for yeah, Trevor still. Lawrence. Mills is going to start this weekend for uh, Houston. You know, I know two is hurt, but two is still kind of an up and coming. So two is like on my mind. It's weird. Like I just like want him to do well. I don't know why. No, I know. I think it's. I think it's just because he's. You know, he came out with such high expectations, and there's no reason to dislike the guy like Zach Wilson. I have no reason to dislike Zach Wilson. I wish the yeah, not yet. No, I know. <laughs> He's been around long, you know. These guys haven't been around long enough for you to develop hatred of them. Nobody hated Peyton Manning when he was a rookie. Well, he also went three and thirteen in his rookie year, which is something I, I go back to when we're sitting here talking about, or I hear other people talk, not on this show, because we're usually pretty level-headed, or at least we bring each other back <laughs> to a level-headed space. But when you're talking about these rookie quarterbacks, everybody's like, oh, all the pundits had them, you know, being the best. This kid's not ready. This kid's this kid's that. And it's like, he can't play in the NFL. Oh, all these experts are saying this. And it's like, you guys do realize that Peyton Manning went three and 13 in his first season. Like the, the Colts picked up the number one overall draft pick the, the following year because they played so poorly. And the guy went on to win two Super Bowls and, and had one of the best careers in, in NFL history. It's funny. It's funny too. Cause like, you said something earlier that like rang out in my head where it's like this, why, why this season is so interesting in particular. And like, I've been thinking about it and it's like the first two weeks of football. Like, can we just talk for a second about how amazing this season has already been? Like for, some, for, for a series of like pretty identifiable reasons, this has been just like the funnest football season ever. Like it's not post COVID obviously like people are still dying of COVID. Like be fucking, you know, wear a mask, get vaccinated, like shut the fuck up. Mostly the second one, get vaccinated. But it's like, whatever there's crowds back it's the atmosphere is back in the nfl the the enjoyment of watching the game came with it you know i I think that last season a lot you know a lot of the stuff that happened was kind of one note and yeah it was cool like tom brady came back but there was like nobody in the fucking stands and it was just weird and there was all these other stresses going on in your life so you just couldn't really like appreciate it uh, like in the world, but now it's like, ah, oh, sweet. Like football's on today. <laughs> like I haven't had that feeling in a while. And I just, I, and I think that's actually true of a lot of sports that are coming back this year. I think we'll probably have a similar feeling with the NBA. Cause like the bubble felt weird, all this different stuff, but I can see it in my friends and the people I talk to, like everyone's having such a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Watching this season of football in particular. And I just think it's cool because like, I, I enjoy the thing, you know, the things that are nice about it to me is like Bobby's a Cowboys fan. We shit on him. But like Dak Prescott, I think has been looking pretty good. He had like one great game, one kind of just has to stay healthy. Yeah. But we want that. You know, we want we want the, we want the Cowboys to be relevant in the conversation. We want the Patriots to be relevant in the conversation. Justin Fields is here. Let's talk about Justin Fields for a while because he's exciting, you know. And this is like the pro- like as much as like obviously the NFL is like this giant evil corporation. They, the product they sell, I'm so addicted to. <laughs> and they just like got me hooked. Like they gave me a little bit through the fence in grade school. They told me to try it. And now I'm fucking mainlining Saquon Barkley. You weren't watching football in grade school? I was watching. I know, but I, but, but that, we know you too well to know that was just about football. <laughs> here's a, but here's a fun fact, right? It's like, I think when I came here, I was like eight years old. I kind of watched soccer, but like I hadn't really gotten into any sports yet. And the first football, football, American football was the first sport I ever really became manic about in the Chicago Bears. And all they do is hurt me. Fine. The corporation is a giant evil corporation. Fine. I'm in an abusive relationship with this team and this organization. All good. 
I, I kind of feel like it all paid off with this, like the first two weeks of this NFL season. It's been so nice and so enjoyable to like have my Sundays back in a weird way. I don't know if other people feel the same way, but I do feel a collective increase in joy in this particular NFL season. It sounds like you agree. Yeah, there. I mean, there is. I think there's definitely still the same uh, selection of people to not to bring the, the energy down or, or turn it dark, but there's definitely still the group of people that, you know, boycott the NFL and don't think that there should be crowds in stadiums and don't, you know, this, that, and the other thing is, is they're probably right. And on a moral level, I agree with them about this on most things, but I'm an addict. Like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) But from a societal standpoint, going back hundreds of years, thousands of years, people have packed into stadiums and coliseums for sporting events. And honestly, it's not, it's not healthy to do it. Not in a coronavirus. Like it's not healthy. It's, it's it's actually like I think I see where you're going with this. Make them fight. I agree. I do. I do think if we if we did involve chariots and swords of varying lengths and uh, efficiency in killing in football, I think it will be better as a product. As a product, sure. Some would say it's a form of government control. How picture this though? On that note, as a quick aside, I years ago. Craig's like, where is this going? I say, I, I years, years ago invented the solution for modernizing and improving baseball. And it's two words, but combined into one word, linebackers. All you need is somebody, this would make baseball so exciting to me. There was a commercial about this. Somebody, yeah, I bet they plucked it right out of my fucking head and like put it in the universe, into the zeitgeist. And then they made a commercial out of it. I was in the vicinity probably when I had this idea of a commercial shoot. Uh, uh, you hit the ball. You want to run to first base? Great. You got to juke this guy, you know, and he's coming to kill you. Like, it's like, he's and, and we let him do steroids. Fuck it. <laughs> how good would that be? Also a timer. This is how the XFL uh, was formed. Yeah. The XLB. The XLB. The extreme mm-hmm. XBL. Extreme baseball. League. Yeah. I think we should write this down and try and sell it. If you're listening to this uh, and hear Dave say that, that is his intellectual property. You cannot steal it. Because what I want out of life is to have a great idea and not have to put any of the work in to execute it, but reap all the rewards of its creation. Does that is that too much to ask? No, because a lot of times that stuff happens, and then we still sit here and say, wow, these guys uh, worked really hard to become billionaires, when in reality they didn't. But besides the point, before we get into government mind control and uh, billionaires controlling all the world's resources... Epstein didn't kill himself. Sorry. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, yeah, the yeah. Patriots uh, had an, a slightly unimpressive victory over the New York Jets, though though they scored 25 points and only allowed six. The defense played well. Uh, Mac Jones was good. Again, 22 of 30 for 186. Uh, he was not happy with himself. Damian Harris, 16 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, James White is the lifeblood of this Patriots offense with five carries, 20 yards and a touchdown. But he uh, had six receptions for 45 yards to lead the rece- re- uh, receiving attack. Uh, and on defense, the Patriots did have four interceptions of rookie quarterback Zach Wilson, including two by the Patriots' number one corner or de facto number one corner, uh, J.C. Jackson. They played well. I mean, I heard this from I heard this from a couple of Patriots fans, like this kind of attitude of I mean, I know I understand we always run into roadblocks about like how we think about our respective teams based on the success of the past like 25 years. But like a win's a win, right? Like I heard a lot of I heard a lot of like, yeah, we smashed them, but it's the Jets. It's like, well, there was a world if you took a different turn and there's like different personnel where, you know, maybe the Patriots lose the fucking jets and like the panic buttons are getting pressed this season. It doesn't seem like that's happening. A lot of us said they were going to be a 10 win team. I think they're shaping up to be exactly that. And you need little, you need games like that where Mac Jones can win a game, but then turn around and be like, I want to improve this, this, and this. Well, that's what Tom Brady was. And if everybody wants to compare the kid to Tom Brady, which we really shouldn't do. Well, he is getting coached by the same guy though. Well, no, sure. He is. It, now, now his offensive coordinator is different, but I the, but the coach is the coach, and I think that's what's going to help. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of similarities in the style of offense, the style of game planning, the style of play calling. That's where the two are are similar. Uh, and what Mac Jones is doing in terms of game management, 
completing 22 of 30 for 186 yards. That is game management at its finest, and he put his team uh, in positions to score. Uh, Nick Folk hit four field goals, uh, which, you know, there's 12 points right there. They scored two touchdowns on the ground, one by James White, one uh, on a great 27, 26-yard let, let me ask you this on a philosophical level. I, I think, like, you know, listening to this and, like, what it looked like to them on paper, statistically, great. Like, I think those are all good numbers. But it's got me thinking, like, you say the comparison between Tom Brady and Mac Jones, like, whatever. It's not really fair on the kid, like, whatever. But- no, it's not. But what, what I'm saying the comparison is is the style of play calling and the style. Yeah, of- when you said that, it made me think something, which I, I don't have this thought fleshed out at all, so it might be really stupid. But <laughs> are, you know the way Tom Brady's still, like, one of the best two quarterbacks in the NFL? and He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Sure. Great. For argument's sake, let's say he's the, still the best quarterback in the NFL. Like currently this season, like statistically, like ability wise, everything, not about his career. Just take this season. He's the best one right now on paper. So he's a million years old. Are, do we think that maybe Bill Belichick didn't actually use him to his full potential <laughs> for all those years? Because like, what if he was still, what if he was like, everyone was like, it's crazy how he got better as he got older. It's like, what if he didn't? What if he's actually worse now and he was just being used all wrong for years? You know, I mean, he does throw the ball a little differently now, right? The spirals are a little tighter. The, the release is a little Well, just faster. like the kinds of throws, though. I think they're a little more adventurous, don't you think? Maybe it's the weapons. I don't know. Well, no, Jay, it goes back to the same thing you just said about Nagy. I mean, it's, it's the same conversation there where, where Bill was conservative in a lot of ways and he was very methodical. I'm not saying they use him wrong. They obviously, you know, they've won a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm sure. just saying, like, maybe maybe he could have been even better if, if, if Bill wasn't as conservative as he was, you know? Right. I keep bringing this back up because it, it, it proved to me that Tom Brady was the best of all time. When again, I, I think I've referenced this 12 times since it's happened when in the NFC championship game last year with six seconds left on the clock, everybody thought they were going to call out the field goal team and they didn't. And Tom called the play and threw an absolutely perfect pass to Scotty Miller in, in, in the end zone. And right then and there, I knew one, he was, he, I, I, we knew before that he was the greatest all, of all time. But to do that, to, to put that kind of a pass in that kind of a position to your number four receiver, essentially, in Scotty Miller with six seconds left. And you know, when he walked into the huddle, he said, We're scoring on this play right now. Here it is. Go get it. And they did. And that shows his his balls that shows who he is as a person, as a quarterback. I don't know if it says anything about who he is as a person. He could still be a totally huge piece of shit. I mean, as a, <laughs> as a player, as a person on the field, I, I don't mean as a human being at home, uh, you know, dancing in Costa Rica with a supermodel wife and kissing his kid on the lips. But, but what I mean is it's just that moment right there was he's different in Tampa than he ever was in new England. And I agree. I agree with you. I, I think that they're just letting him do what he wants and he's doing it well. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck is Bruce Arians going to say to Tom Brady? Like, shut up, Bruce Arians. Go sit down. Yeah, right. Just stand there and, like, look like you're concentrating. I've never seen anyone, like, look like they're trying to look like they're concentrating more than Bruce Arians. I'm doing this. I'm definitely doing something. Uh, it's the glasses, too. They make you look smarter. Do you see when Brady called off a play that Byron Leftwich called? Yes, he waved him away. He was like, we're not doing that. And then he, but then he like made the play right after. So it was like, I shut up. <laughs> Which is fine. I think that he had that kind of relationship with Josh too. But I, I think it's just, he's just been around forever and he, he knows what he wants. And he and uh, Rob Gronkowski have now connected for 103 touchdowns. And they're chasing Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison who have 114. That's actually cool. That's a cool stat. Yeah. Gronkowski, so Gronkowski actually talked to uh, Peyton and Eli. I don't know if you know this. Peyton and Eli are doing this Monday night football thing. Yeah, I watched it for a little bit. It was fucking painful. It, it was painful for a little while, but when they had guests on, like, yeah, I saw some highlights with the guests. That was a little bit better. Yeah, and and Eli Manning is a is a rock. It's a fucking wet blanket. Like Peyton can be fun, but like get like a larger than life character in there, you know. Like well, yeah, that. but if you're going to do the, the two brothers, if you lose one, you lose both. You know that. You're in show business. So, but when they were talking to Gronk, it was... The only rule in show business is money talks. 
Yeah, fair. It was just it was really interesting listening to Gronk talk about it, and and he was very candid about how he took a year off and he's broken down and he's a tight end and Marvin Harrison was a wide receiver and uh, you know how it's going to be more impressive when him and Tom break this record. It's actually kind of crazy that uh, yeah, sure, whatever, Rob. right? Like you're like a fucking enormous human and you had a shitload of touchdown passes thrown you, but it actually is to me the one fourteen is crazy with Peyton and Marvin Harrison. That seems. That's wild. They fucking, he scored a lot of touchdowns with that dude. That's like a, I feel, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like that's like a Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, like type fucking relationship. That's crazy. If they're in that club, they should count themselves lucky. You know, they connected uh, 386 times for 6,710 yards and 67 touchdowns in 77 games between Montana and Rice. Cause Rice got there towards the end of Montana's career. Anyway, he got there in like 87 Montana played till like 95. And like one year on the Chiefs or two years on the Chiefs. But yeah, he had more weapons too. He had Dwight Clark and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe he spread it around. And also, it wasn't as throw heavy. The, the, the league just wasn't as throw heavy back in like the late 1980s, early 90s. Well, that's, that's why, yeah, right. It wasn't. And that's why guys like Troy Aikman are uh, Hall of Famers. Yeah, I have to go there every call time. Back, call back from the cancellation show. We should do another one of those. Soon. Yeah, we absolutely have to do another one of those. I was going to do a football themed one soon. Um, I think we're going to have to. Can we talk about these uh, power rankings just so we don't run out of time? I really want to. Yeah, let, let's get rankings. let's get the power rankings out of the way. So, uh, if, if those of you listening, if you don't know, go check out our our Instagram uh, at what are we now, Craig at underscore MTP show. I think it's just MTP show now. Okay. Oh, uh, we lost the underscore. Moving up in the world, are Craig's we? Craig's been doing some reboots lately, and I, I've loved all. I discovered recently that we have a TikTok. Yes, yes, and it's pretty good, and Craig does a nice job with that. Craig walked outside and found a 12-year-old to set up our, our social media. <laughs> he was like, hey, kid, come over here. <laughs> Not uncommon in the town that we live in for that. Never mind, uh, b- b- besides the point. So so Bobby comes out with his pa- his power rankings. We always have The to- most controversial thing that happens all week during football season is we decided to let Bobby be a mad scientist and be completely in charge which I thought was hilarious, and it's still a hilarious move on our part. Oh, it, it absolutely is, and he is mad. He makes crazy choices with, all the time in a hilarious way, uh, be in charge of the power rankings, and it's already kicked off. We've had arguments about the power rankings already. <laughs> yeah, well, so here's one that, that you had tonight. Your first comment to his was, uh, so he put the Chiefs third, and you said the Chiefs are third. Uh, with a laughing face. Yeah, he said that he said the Rams are better than the Chiefs, and I get that the Rams have not lost any games and they've looked very good. But it's like, I, just help yourself, Bobby. Just leave the the Chiefs and the Bucks in at one and two. But he don't. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, he's usually, you know, he's usually pretty good. And you know, we mentioned that last year. Like, oh, you know, why don't you look at the other? Yeah, but yeah, but that's the other thing too. Is like we actually all had to fucking eat crow a bunch of times on some of the power rankings too because. A lot of them turned out to like be true. And all these like I haven't you gotta be so careful now what hills you choose to die on. <laughs> Cause I was like thinking about it and I was like, do I really want to carry this across the entirety of the NFL season? I don't want to be riding with like the fucking the fucking the Buffalo Bills until the end of <laughs> end of the season. I don't know if I'm prepared to make that kind of commitment, but it did piss me off when I didn't see them on the power rankings today. So it's like, what is happening? Well, his his biggest win was last year when he moved the Steelers down after their first loss yeah and he was like watch just watch and then he was right and it was like okay bobby like i guess i guess you keep going and i think at that point that's when we were like all right well this is your segment because you seem to be right but that doesn't mean that he doesn't throw some surprises at us like last week he had the browns fourth and they were zero and one and i get that i mean who's to say that's not wrong so but he's got the box one the Rams two, the Chiefs three, the Browns are four. Uh, the Cardinals, who have been hot, are now in fifth. The Cardinals, and Rayshon said this, the Cardinals should definitely be over the Browns. I think we could get a consensus on that, but I think he was just trying to annoy everybody. Well, he always puts one in, at least one in there to annoy us. But they are four and five. I think they are four and five, sure. Sure. Uh, the 49ers have looked good. They're in sixth. Uh, your- I saw a couple people put the 49ers at like two on other less reputable websites like CBS. And Fox, less reputable than missingthepoint.com. I also watched a, or listened to a, uh, a Fox sports 
analysts say that the Patriots were going to have four wins this season. So sometimes those national guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, as we sit here and cover the National Football League as a well, whole. they haven't gotten there yet, so that guy's bet still stands. But yeah, yeah, as of right now, he is not wrong. Uh, so the 49ers, six, which I, I agree, I think they should be uh, up there. They played really well. The Raiders are 2-0. and It's an ugly 2-0. and I know how much you love their head coach. No, you know what? It's actually crazy, too, because I, I do hate John Gruden. I'm on record. Don't need to go into it. But I do kind of like how their defense plays. It's like tough because like it actually is a really fun defense to watch and they are pretty good. I just think when push comes to shove, he's going to reveal uh, his idiocy. And he almost did in that first game. So I, I just think Derek Carr is having a great season. I'll say that for him. And I didn't expect that. So that's on me. No problem. I'm still riding on the John Gruden thing. He's still going to, he still had more unsuccessful seasons. Yeah. I want, I, it's not that I want him to fail. I just know he's going to. So we'll see. You know, we'll oh, see what you want John Gruden to fail. I, I don't. I, I mean, I want, you know, for the sake of my take, <laughs> right, I guess. John Gruden, here's a hot take. John Gruden is Matt Nagy with money. I don't know if Matt Nagy is as stupid as John Gruden. I'm sure Matt Nagy can like find his car keys, you know, and and uh, he probably remembers his wife's name. You know, I mean, we're not we're talking about Matt Nagy in terms of being a professional head coach in the NFL, the premier organization of America's biggest sport. I'm talking about John Gruden in the context of like a guy in front of you in line at a coffee shop. And you're just like, I just know this guy's going to do something stupid and take forever. You know, I just, if you think you like John Gruden picture him in front of you in line at a coffee shop. Okay. And he gets up to the counter and you're in a hurry and he's like, how are you doing today, sweetie? And he can right off the bat, you just know he's going to take fucking forever with the at best 7.5 barista. Like he can't let this opportunity go unsung right to like do old man and his lawnmower with this fucking high schooler maybe potentially so thanks john can you hurry up just give me one second like i always say yeah like you always say john just like uh, like you always say your fucking coffee order so i can get on with my life i just i believe that as much as i maybe i would look at matt Nagy and be like why are you wearing a visor brother has never been a good fashion choice but i think he would have his order ready and his fucking credit card out when he got to the counter, at least, you know, at least. But, but his coffee pieces. would be his coffee choice would be suspect. Yeah, probably. Honestly, the, can I get the believe in yourself shake? <laughs> can I get the look what you can do when you chase your dreams? <laughs> Oreo Sunday, <laughs> whatever. OK, I'm just saying, John Gruden, it, it's like a guy you're forced into an interaction. with. It's just very upsetting. Every his whole personality is just is so again, <laughs> so not mine. I just like hearing you go off about John Gruden. Then we go to I the, tried not to the eight spot in the Seahawks. I know I baited you and I won uh, the Seahawks at eight. Uh, Bobby put his Cowboys at number nine. Uh, we said this last year and we've already said it kind of now once now as we always we want the Cowboys to be in the conversation as painful as it can be. Uh, Dak Prescott is a good NFL quarterback, uh, if not above average, if not. I agree. He's also more likable to me than the last like 10 Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks. Well, yeah, because those t- last 10 Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks before him were like eight, in nine years. So let me ask you this about the Cowboys though. And I'm sure Bobby can rattle this off right away, but what, what kind of contract is Ezekiel Elliott on? Is he like very well paid? Yeah. He signed a contract before the 2020 before, before COVID. Yeah. I believe he signed a big contract because he signed before Dak did. Oh, yeah. So he's on a $90 million contract, right? He's not playing like he's on a $90 million contract. But he's a fucking running back. Like, I just stop giving running backs $90 million. I'm not trying to take money out the man's pocket. But come on, man. Like, we know this. You know? Yeah, I mean, the average career of an NFL running back is three and a half years. And That's the can... thing. Right. But, and it's very unfortunate because right when they kind of get into a position to prove themselves that they're worth a deal, they're probably going to start to fall apart. So it's tough. So on September 4th, 2019, the Dallas Cowboys signed running back Ezekiel Elliott to a six-year, $90 million deal. So he's on the second year of that new deal. Six years, $90 million. Yeah. I, 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 the Constitution, I mean, like, the Constitution it must require to, <laughs> to sign your name when it's your money, when you're Jerry Jones and it's your money. I mean, maybe you don't value $90 million that much, but the Constitution you have to have to be able to be like, yes, I'm going to give you – 
$90 million over the course of the next six years. I'm like, we mainly are looking at houses right now. I'm trying to sign like home loan docs for like a normal starter home for a couple in their early thirties. And I'm like, I'm sorry, how much? And this is just like 90 million. Anyway, sorry, tangent, but fuck man, that's a lot of money. And he's a running back and I'm just not a hundred percent sure that he's worth that money. So I think that might, he's probably, you know, he's the kind of guy that can change a game though. So we'll see. When does it expire, Craig? When does it expire? When is it over? 20, so six years, 2019, so 2025. All right, so to justify that contract, they have to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. And the, th- the thing is, though, when they signed that running, when they signed that contract, the uh, Cowboys had a had an O-line that straight up humped. It was so good. That's how he, that's how, that's why he was so explosive that f- those first couple of years. He's, no, he's a good running, he's a good player, though, you know, he is. That's just my big fear for that. I'm just saying that's my big fear for that Dallas Cowboys offense, which is supposed to be electric, you know, just kind of how it's currently constructed. And in, in a totally unbiased and honest way, that's, that would be my fear. Their defense looks a lot better, you know, and I think that goes to show that you can – I wonder if it's becoming the norm to like, yeah, maybe we can just construct a defense out of guys and just if it's a good scheme, we can like have a serviceable defense, you know. Like I feel like that's a thing more and more teams are doing, just be like serviceable. Because like, can you really win with defense as much as you could back in the day? I feel like it's, it's you're set up, everything's set up against. You can, I think you can. I mean, I think that the the Bucks had a better defense than uh, Kansas City did last year. I do like how they've been calling the games this year. I think the refs have been letting them play a lot more, and I think that's I think that's a good thing for the defense. I think you need to give the defense the ability to play a little bit. You you don't want them to cheat. You don't want them to be like throwing guys on the ground before the ball comes their way. But I think there's, it's just like, forget the fine lines, I think is the big thing that they're trying to do in the NFL this year. It's just like, let's not agonize over half an inch. Like, let's just play the fucking game. I think there's a lot of that. And the way that you encourage that is you just no call some stuff, as long as it's not a player safety issue. And it's not, it's like, if it's not blatant, if I didn't see it the first time, like, let's stop going to fucking replay. I just feel like we haven't dicked around with replay as much. The games are going a little quicker. Is that just me or? No, they're allowing it to come from upstairs on the fly now. Yeah. Yes, that's been helpful. That's been why have they? Why were they not doing that before? They did that in the Patriots game the other uh, two weeks ago at home. It just it's it shores up the product so much. Like you, you remember the height of it, how bad it was when you were sitting watching the same toe like press against the white paint on the sideline over and over again. It's like that. This is not good. This is not entertainment, guys. You got to figure something out. I feel like they're letting them call it on the field a little bit more. And I just like, that's how you should be doing it. They're letting them call it on the field. And then they're, they're making corrections or making final calls from the booth. And then when a coach throws a challenge flag or there's something to look at, then they'll go, you know, they, they had, they've had a couple of, of turnovers, which they review every turnover, which I like that they do that, but they're doing it all upstairs during that commercial break. And then they're just making do it. that call. Yeah, yeah, just let us know. We, tr- we trust you, whatever. Yep. Sure. You made the call on the field. Great. But yeah. we're going to make sure that you were right. Yep. Okay. You're good. Or no, this is blatantly wrong. Yeah. You, know, you come take a look at it at this point and, and see what, what happened. And then we kind of learn on the flying go. It's been so much faster. Did you see friend of the show, Dean Blandino, get into it about he was he came into a little bit of a segment on the Bears game where it, it was like a potentially a pass interference, offensive pass interference. Like I think that the Bears player like pushed off. Maybe it was defensive. I can't really remember, but it was like in my head, I was like, I wonder if it's because it's within five yards. And like he like he was like, it's definitely gonna be PI, like they're gonna overturn it, and then they didn't, which like never happens. And you were like, okay, well, what happened there? And you're kind of thinking like, you know what? Not enough. It should be the rule. Not enough to, to overturn the call. You know, overturning it should be harder than leaving it as it is. You know what I mean? It, it has to be like absolutely definitive. Maybe that one was, I don't know. But I'm just saying like, I don't know. We called it that way. Let's just get on with the game. I just think we should be like the rule across the board because it's like the attention spans are shrinking, folks. <laughs> like We got to get back to this fucking game because I can barely pay attention. Which is what they were doing with touchdowns and stuff, too, where they were like, all right, well, that's a touchdown. Now we'll go look at it because it's the scoring play so we can review it. And it's like, no, just call it the way you see it and let's take a look at it and be like, all right, no, nope, got that wrong. It was, in fact, a touchdown or no, nope, that's the way you called it. Just let them celebrate and we'll look at it while they're fucking celebrating. And then that's what they're taking enough time, especially on turnovers. Exactly. It's like you can manage 
like the the amount of commercial breaks and all that shit. If, but you still gotta keep the fucking game moving. You know what I mean? Like you remember when it would? I remember a few times which drove me fucking bananas. Where it would be like, all right, here's the replay. Here's what we think they're still looking at it. We're gonna go to commercial, and then go to commercial, and then I'd come back from commercial, and they'll be like, all right, they're still looking at it. We're gonna go back to commercial. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, come on, guys. Like, let's well, get it was just it. another way. It was just another way for the league to be that evil empire that you were speaking of. And I, to, to kind of go off topic a little bit, but it goes along these same lines of the best thing a sports league ever did was when NASCAR went to the picture in picture commercials. So you could still see what was going on on the track, but they were still getting their advertiser money from the commercials. Is that a real thing that NASCAR does? Yeah, that's a real thing that NASCAR does. I swear to Christ, if I see a snap happen and picture it develop while they're like, while the Carl's Jr. volume is like fucking reviewing shit with, with Instagram. I don't think you need to do it there. What, what I'm saying is, is if you and the team's coming out for the kickoff, instead of going to two and a half minutes commercials. Never, never go away from the, what's happening in football. Always have a little box. When you go to commercial, always have a little box of what's going on on the screen. Right. So like those are the times I'm talking about, not like in the middle of a of a, a red zone drive. And now all of a yeah, sudden, sorry, I reacted so violently. Oh, I thought you were talking no. about something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're on the right. We're on the same page. Like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Don't do that. NASCAR is <laughs> not a real sport. What? Uh, but, sorry. Uh, Formula One is <laughs> real. Dave's from Europe. Formula One's real. NASCAR is not. So, but besides the point, so yes, the game overall, I, I think the overarching theme of our show is that the game this year has been more exciting uh, than not. And it's been fun. I mean, the game the other night, the Ravens and Chiefs, I mean, you know, I have the question of was the Chiefs loss to the Ravens a big deal? But even that Monday night football game where Aaron Rodgers throws three touchdown passes to Aaron Jones and the Packers basically essentially blow out the, the Lions, which I thought Dan Campbell made Bonehead coaching decisions at one point, not taking a, a red zone field goal that would have cut the score to 21 20 at that point. But besides the point, it doesn't, yeah, but you're right though. Cause it doesn't tell you anything when you beat the fucking Lions. No, it doesn't. But just like watching every game, paying, being able to pay attention to everything. And the coverage has been great. The news coverage has been great. The media is actually, I never give the media credit, but I thought they've done a great job with how they've covered the games this year. And it's overall been a blast to watch. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just excited the football season's here. I think it's been fun to watch, fun to talk about, fun storylines. And, uh, well, if they're the evil empire, then <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> call me Where'd... Darth Sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign up to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I compromise my values very easily. You'll learn that about me. <laughs> we have learned that about you many times but it is nice because i feel like as uh, us as a group as a podcast uh, and we were the same way on the radio this is the time of year where we get the the most excited because we have we're the most invested in this sport uh and it's it's been uh fun to watch but hey who's playing on the thursday night game oh, i don't know is it's that today? are we on thursday yet well we're gonna be when people are listening to this oh that's right we didn't talk about it at all panthers texans Panthers, Texans. That's right. And Davis Mills is starting for the Texans tomorrow night. Another rookie. I love every. That was the guy that the Patriots probably would have taken had they not taken Mac Jones. So that was. I think Mac Jones looks good. I think he looks really good. I don't know what y'all were worried about. I'm not. I'm not worried about anything. I thought he has looked above average. I thought he's been managing the game very well. Uh, His passer rating has been good. His decisions have been great. Uh, and he's doing everything he's supposed to do. I, I don't know how much fun he's actually having right now, but we're going to find out. The season is young, and like I said to Mike the other day, this is the Dolphins and the Jets, and they should be 2-0 and had Damian Harris not uh, fumbled that football. But besides the point, uh, this has been missing the point. He is Dave. I am Joe. Craig is our producer. We've had a fun time. We hope you uh, have had a fun time listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out, nerds. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown.
On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.